Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. What in blue hell is going on at that mysterious National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg? You know, the lab that apparently has a cozy relationship with the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Well, as Sheila Gunn-Reed found out with her Freedom of Information request, the federal government is hell-bent on keeping this information secret. Sheila will join me to speculate on why the Justin Trudeau Liberals are being so non-transparent. And the number of illegal aliens waltzing into Canada at Roxham Road, it's still an ongoing issue, folks. But get this, the majority of so-called irregular migrants illegally crossing the border are actually unvaccinated. And apparently the Justin Trudeau Liberals are just fine with this breach of COVID-19 protocols. Alexa Lavoie has all the infuriating details. And letters, we get your letters, we get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses about my story regarding a PR disaster for the ages, namely the brutal way in which Toronto Steam Whistle Brewery tried to distance itself from the Pierre Polyev rally it hosted earlier this month. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. Two scientists from China were removed from Winnipeg's National Microbiology Laboratory July 2019, and they were later fired by the agency. So the Conservative Party, well, they've been asking for documents that they think will contain details about whether the firing of the scientists was linked to the fact that four months prior to the scientists having their security clearances revoked, one of two of them sent a shipment of Ebola and Hennepa viruses to the Wuhan Institute of Virology back in March 2019. That's the same lab that is now credibly accused of releasing either on purpose or by accident the coronavirus that went on to cause a global pandemic. It's also the same lab that Justin Trudeau gave nearly 900,000 of your dollars to do coronavirus research at the beginning of the pandemic. Now, we'll get back to these specific documents that the Conservatives want in a second. We knew a note existed wherein the Public Health Agency of Canada had sent a memo to their staff about the Winnipeg Free Press and their coverage of what was unfolding at the Winnipeg lab. But we didn't know the details of the memo. The government's response to me, as you'll see in a second, is confirmation that that memo exists, but I'm not sure I'm ever going to get a chance to see it. However, I tried. Unbelievable. The Justin Trudeau liberals actually ordered the deletion of a public health agency document in order to avoid releasing it to rebel news. And the ostensible policy reason for this censorship is due to the file containing personal information? Oh, give me a break. So it is, the question arises, just what the hell is going on at this Winnipeg lab? And here's another question. Why is it that this federal government, which is supposed to be all about transparency, is going out of its way to suppress information, information that the public has the right to know? And joining me now to take a deep dive into this secrecy is our chief reporter, Sheila Gunn-Reed. How are you doing, Sheila? 
David, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure. Sheila, as you stated in your superb report, if there are privacy issues with government documents, those sections of the report can be easily redacted. Twas ever thus. This isn't something new, isn't it? I mean, the deletion of an entire file? We've never heard of this before. What do you think, Sheila, is the real reason that the government is so terrified for this Winnipeg lab information to be released publicly? It's the cover-up of the cover-up, is what I think. Um, Because the document that I was asking for was about what the Public Health Agency of Canada managers were telling their staff to do or say in the event that they were contacted by the Winnipeg Free Press in their investigation of what happened at the Winnipeg lab. So by deleting the document and admitting they deleted the document, that's an admission that the document exists, or at least existed, and that they were telling their staff to say certain things to the media to, I don't know, My assumption is to obscure what really happened, to hide what really happened, and to hide what Public Health Agency of Canada knew about what was going on at the Winnipeg lab and when they knew it. You know, Sheila, I mean, maybe, just maybe, everything is kosher there, but I'm going to tell you this. The optics stink. You know, what was happening in that lab and people being escorted out and, you know, not only having samples of coronavirus, but as you mentioned in your report, Ebola. And all of a sudden there's all this, um, you know, secrecy and deflection and going to outrageous lengths to suppress freedom of information requests by media outlets. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, as I said in, in the preamble, the optics stink, Sheila. Uh, they definitely do. I mean, this isn't just Chinese scientists sending Ebola somewhere, which is bad enough as it is. They were sending Ebola to the Wuhan Virology Institute, which is the Chinese biolab that's military run in Wuhan at the site of what is credibly accused of being the site of the coronavirus epidemic, the sort of center of it. So there's that too. But I also, just the other day, I came across some uh, order paper question documents about, you know, how the media or how the government is supposed to treat media. And they gave me the breakdown by agency. And the Public Health Agency of Canada, under the purview of um, health, said that they treat all media outlets fairly and they do their best to be transparent and answer all these questions. Well, not only are they treating me unfairly by deleting this document, but they were also obviously doing something to treat the Winnipeg Free Press unfairly by sending around this internal note to give directive to their staff about how to deal with the Winnipeg Free Press if they came in knocking. And, you know, the idea that this contains personal information, so we'll delete it instead of redact it. That's crazy because in a second set of documents, the ones that the uh, conservatives are currently fighting the liberal government uh, to get access to, we know that this agency has no problem redacting documents and then Mm -hmm. releasing them regarding what happened at the Winnipeg lab because the conservatives right now are fighting to get access 
to unredacted documents about what unfolded at the lab. The Public Health Agency of Canada has done something sneaky, though. They said, "Okay, here's your unredacted documents. We're going to give them to the National Security Committee, which means they will never see the light of day because that's a high security clearance committee. Those documents will never be made public and we'll give a second set of completely redacted documents to the Canada-China Relations Committee. So they don't have a problem redacting documents before release, specifically on this issue. They just didn't want me to see, I think, evidence of the cover-up. So the cover-up of the cover-up is what I would have seen. It, it, it is surreal. It's Kafka-esque, if you ask me, uh, Sheila. But you're uh, I want to address, I think you made a really good point about the Winnipeg Free Press uh, also getting the bums rush. That raises more alarm bells for me because the Winnipeg Free Press, that's government-funded media. Uh, yep. This is kind of like a trained seal misbehaving. It's not bouncing the ball on its nose. Um, but when uh, we know the hatred towards rebel news by this government, it's downright visceral. But they do accommodate the mainstream media here, not in this case. And I'm telling you, Sheila, this makes it sound and look all the more dire to me in terms of what the hell's going on in that lab. Well, and I think it also speaks to our commitment to the free press, in this case, the Winnipeg free press, uh, regardless of, you know, the fact that we are critics and friendly competitors with these people and critics of how they get their funding. I still think Winnipeg Free Press should have access to information without the Public Health Agency of Canada telling their staff to snow the information and only release certain amounts of information and taking direction on how to deal with the media and what information should be released to Winnipeg Free Press. That's why I went looking for this document. I went looking for this document for two reasons. One, because I'm genuinely curious about what's going on at the Winnipeg lab, but I also have an interest in defending the rights of journalists to be able to get access to documents. So I wanted to know just how bad the treatment of Winnipeg Free Press was. Unfortunately, I couldn't see it. And let this be a lesson to the Winnipeg Free Press. I'll go to bat for you. Maybe you'll do it for us for once. <laughs> Don't bet on that, Sheila. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking crazy. <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, um, unlike trying to get, I don't know, expenses for one of uh, Justin Trudeau's um, world trips uh, around uh, yeah. the globe, this is quite literally a matter of life and death, Sheila. The substances that they are dealing with at this Winnipeg lab, the viruses. And, and I mean, if anyone wants to read an incredible book about how dangerous these kind of viruses are, get The Demon in the Freezer. It is a incredible book. I don't have time to delve into it. But like I said, it, it's potentially life and death. Now, I'm not saying they're doing things so loosey-goosey there that we might have an accidental um, outbreak of Ebola. But by this kind of cover-up, I think, Sheila, the government is doing itself a disservice. This only feeds the fodder of crazy conspiracy theories about what's going on there. So come on, tell the truth, have full disclosure. In fact, Sheila, you recall, I'm sure, um, 2015, when Justin Trudeau won uh, his first mandate, the very first things out of his mouth was how this government was going to be the the most transparent government in <laughs> Canadian history. I would suggest it's the absolute opposite. Sheila, last word goes to you. Well, 
the allegation, I think, is not that they were doing loosey-goosey things as a matter of rule at the Winnipeg lab. However, there is some implication that perhaps these two Chinese scientists were. But where they sent those viruses, they have a long history of being loosey-goosey with the rules to the fact that um, American inspectors, people who had visited that lab, sent cables back, diplomatic cables back to the United States saying, holy heck, things are really bad here. Um, We need to keep a careful eye on what's happening at the Wuhan Virology Institute. And that was sort of in the days before the pandemic struck that that they were already well on the Americans radar for uh, lapse in protocol happening at that lab. And that's where the Canadian Ebola samples went. So that should be very concerning to, I guess, the entire world, because a lot of these viruses, the Western world doesn't even have any exposure to, let alone immunity. Yeah, it is shocking, uh, Sheila. I certainly do not trust China. And I do not (laughs) trust this Wuhan virology lab. Uh, There's also something stinking in Wuhan, too, in terms of how this pandemic uh, created. And look at the price we've paid. Millions have died. Thousands infected. Economic damage in the untold trillions of dollars. And right now, no one's coming to the plate to apologize or at least offer an explanation of what's going on. This is an outrage, Sheila. I want to thank you again for an incredible report. I wish the mainstream media uh, was picking up this in addition to just the Winnipeg Free Press. But I guess they've got better things to do. Have a great weekend, my friend. Uh, We'll see you next week. Thanks, David. You too. Okay. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the northern hinterland of Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Roxanne Road, a mysterious place located between the border of Saint-Bernard-de-la-Colle and Emingford, where immigrants go every day to be arrested for entering the country illegally. Why do they choose this route instead of a legal entry point? An agreement has been made between the government of Canada and the United States to cooperate in the verification of refugee statue requests made by incoming migrants. But this agreement only applies to port of entry that are located at a legal land border. So this has led to a massive increase in irregular entries into Canada. Especially since 2017, when Justin Trudeau told the world that everyone was welcome if they were feeling unsafe under the Trump administration. That is when the media really started to pay attention. At that time, what is now a daily police operation The facilities at the end of Roxanne Road consisted of only a few tents and metal gates. The astronomical increase in migrant crossing at this illegal entry point prompted the government to build better facilities, including a police station, which was originally intended to be temporary. This port of entry is in Quebec, where citizens have been subjected to the strictest 
health measures since the pandemic began. Currently, Quebec remains the only place in North America that still requires people to wear masks in public place. Yet, thousands of people cross Roxanne Road with no negative PCR tests required. The Department of Health recently reported that over 60% of these irregular migrants are not vaccinated. So there you have it, folks. If you are a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen who is unvaccinated, well, you can't get on a plane or a train or a boat. But if we're talking unvaccinated illegal aliens, not only will law enforcement allow them to unlawfully cross the border, but the cops will also even carry their suitcases and bags, bellhop style, for these so-called irregular visitors. Oh, and let's not forget, there's also free room and board for these illegal aliens as well, courtesy of you, the taxpayer. Welcome to Justin Trudeau's Canada, which penalizes the makers and rewards the takers. And joining me now to weigh in on this ongoing egregious situation at the Quebec-New York state border is Alexa Lavoie. Bonjour, Alexa. Bonjour. <laughs> you know, I think uh, that was a wonderful piece. I, I, I think you knocked it out of the park uh, yet again, Alexa. But, you know, even if you believed in this kind of asylum, right, you would think that in this day and age of COVID, you know, where all the policies and regulations and laws that have been drafted in the past two years, it was all about public safety. That's why we're taking your rights away from you. So why is it that unvaccinated illegal aliens can enter Canada easy peasy, uh, but we're not allowed to hop on a plane. Um, I can't get on a train to visit you in Quebec City. Why the hypocrisy here, Alexa? But of course, like, uh, we know that we are facing, like, a double standard again, <laughs> once again, um, for uh, the seeking asylum uh you know that that increased the immigration so more votes for uh, the liberal party so probably so uh, the main reason why but especially when we look at the the legal immigration when we see that it takes about three years to see maybe their application to be um accepted um, I'm not really surprised that most of people are using the uh, illegal immigration that take like, what, a couple of minutes and afterwards you're in into Canada without having to fill any form. You know, I think you're right. Going back to your original point, Alexa, I think this is all about changing the de de the demographics of Canada, much like uh, in the United States with the Biden administration, where the southern border is a sieve, thousands and thousands of illegal migrants coming in and then even being placed on planes, typically to go to red states uh, in order to hopefully in the future change them in the blue states. I think that's exactly what's going on with the Justin Trudeau liberals, kind of an unspoken gentleman's agreement. We let you into the country, no questions asked. And what we want in return is every four years or so, make sure you check Team Red and vote Liberal. I, what do you think, um, Alexa? Is that what is occurring here? 
But I, I think it's actually what is going on now because most of the Canadians are leaving uh, Canada anymore because they cannot like support what is going on and like the authoritarian like government that we have right now. So most of the Canadians are leaving the Canada for being replaced by immigrants who will actually respect the um, the law and um, everything that what the prime minister Justin Trudeau will tell them to do. Vote for me, got vax, and as well, um, comply to identity, uh, digital identity, and everything will be fine for you. And, you know, Alexa, I want to make it clear. I'm not against immigration. Um, given our pathetic birth rate in Canada, we're getting older. We're not replacing the population uh, through uh, natural birth. So we really do need immigrants to come in. Otherwise, we're in a real uh, demographic bomb in the decades ahead. However, there is a proper way to come into Canada. And I think by these people jumping the queue, and I don't even think most of them are genuine refugees, um, uh, Alexa, I think it's a slap in the face to those people all around the world that are abiding by the rules, immigrating to Canada. It takes years. It takes money. And uh, this liberal government is saying, well, hey, sucker, look what you could have done. You just needed to go to Roxham Road and you're in. Your thoughts? And especially, like, it's crazy when we see during the, the parliament, they were talking about uh, the immigra immigrant and they were saying that they were paying for the uh, hotel room for quarantine. And now, like, Montreal, I have no space for them for lodging them anymore because it's overloaded. And, and where they will go afterwards? And do they sign something when they, they cross illegally, like, for, like, maybe a three treaty with the government we don't know everything is like so obscure and indeed alexa as i understand it with a critical mass of these uh illegal migrants coming into can irregulars as justin trudeau calls them i mean irregular i buy irregular socks to get a discount i've never referred to people as irregulars but evidently they're given uh, a date uh, in the future, months down the road, to come for their refugee hearing. And guess what? So many don't even bother to show up. We don't know where they are. Is this not problematic? Because at the end of the day, Alexa, we don't know who these people are. Maybe some are genuine refugees fleeing tyranny, but maybe some have nefarious uh, intentions. Maybe some are just gaming the system to get a free ride. I think this is outrageous. And and this is make me a more outrageous when I look at now they want to uh, impose to Canadian the um, I I would tell you the digital identity I'm coming back on that because they say that is a tool for the security national security for the entrance of the traveler into Canada but what about them Yeah you know, uh, like you said, it's a double standard, Alexa. It is hypocrisy. And, um, you know, there's so many other angles I'd like to touch upon, but we're running out of uh, room here. I want to, you know, address something that's, I think, the crux of the matter, and it's this. These people are coming from New York State. And last time I checked, New York State was part of the United States of America. <laughs> and we know that they are 
on a in a country, especially with this Biden administration that is turning a blind eye to illegal immigrants. In fact, they want illegal immigrants to come into uh, their nation. So it's not as though in America they're being rounded up and incarcerated for life and tortured. That is a safe place for them. Given that, I don't understand why we are turning a blind eye. We are not turning them back at the border because there is no harm for them, whether they're a genuine refugee or whether they're an economic migrant gaming the system. Last word goes to you, Alexa. My last word will be like, if you look at 2017 and when we were looking that it was only temporary tent and now it's, uh, they built like a concrete establishment. So it's there for staying. They don't care. They will not change anything. If they build actually a place that is, is in an action, like, and now like the immigration is increasing as hell. I don't think anything would change as soon as as we think. Yeah, maybe what we need here in Canada is regime change to bring about those uh, changes. Uh, Alexa, my feeling is that one of the benchmarks of a sovereign nation is border security. And if you don't have border security, I'm sorry, you're not much of a nation. Yeah. Alexa, it was a wonderful report. Thank you so much. And you have a good weekend, my friend. You too. we see you soon. Yes, that's right. <laughs> And that was Alexa Lavoie somewhere in a sunny part of Quebec. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here in downtown Toronto. Well, folks, I'm at the Steam Whistle Brewery. And just a day ago, this was the site of the Pierre Polyev rally. It was jam-packed, standing room only, thunderous applause for Mr. Polyev. But in the aftermath, there was a bitter note to the event. Nothing that Mr. Polyev said or did, nor his supporters, but rather from the people that run Steam Whistle. And what I speak of, folks, is this letter that was sent out by Steam Whistle. I'm going to read it verbatim. Steam Whistle received a last-minute booking for this event on April 13th. Steam Whistle is in no way affiliated with Pierre Polyev, does not endorse his political views, nor did the brewery sponsor the event. The candidate submitted an inquiry and went through the traditional booking process as any other paid client would for an event booking, whether it be a wedding, corporate event, or private gathering. Over our 22-year history, a number of different political candidates slash parties from all three branches of the Canadian government have rented our community event spaces. We do not choose our clients, rather they choose our venue for its amenities, size and location. We have upcoming bookings for other political events this year. Contact Sybil at steamwhistle.ca for further information. So the vibe I'm getting from this folks is that Steam Whistle is distancing itself from Pierre Polyev. But the question arises, why is that? In Sybil's letter, she says in her 22-year history, members of other political parties, I assume she means the Liberals and the NDP, have booked this venue. So the question arises again, 
Did Sybil send out a letter distancing Steam Whistle from the Liberals and from the New Democrats? I have a hunch the answer is absolutely not. Well, there you have it, folks. That's what's known in the business as a public relations disaster, thanks to a corporation bending the knee to a few leftists who were having a temper tantrum on Twitter. How pathetic, how weak can you get? In any event, you had plenty to say about Steam Whistle's disastrous communication strategy in which the company attempted to fix something that wasn't broken in the first place. Miss Sparkles and Glitter writes, I love how these woke, complicit companies make it so easy for me and my family to decide to whom we should no longer give our money to. Thank you, Steam Whistle, for making it very clear and easy. Hey, good point, Miss Sparkles and Glitter. There are literally hundreds of beers to choose from, and Steam Whistle is now off my list too. Catch Me writes, I used to like their beer, but I will now find something that doesn't taste like liberal tears in a can. Oh my God, liberal tears in a can. Can you possibly imagine how bitter that would taste, folks? Please, somebody pass me a barf bag. Steve and Elaine write, Looks like Steam Whistle just canceled themselves. Great job. Won't be buying that product anymore. Well, Stephen Elaine, we received literally hundreds of emails making this very same point. Poor Steam Whistle. Talk about a self-inflicted wound for no reason whatsoever. Truth is Truth writes, there's nothing wrong with Steam Whistle being neutral politically at all, as long as the same letter went out and will go out to all the parties hosting a political event. Also, it causes a dark cloud to hover over the business when they invited queries to the letter, but they did not reply and they hid from the in-person visit. Why hide? Why not answer the questions? Well, indeed, truth is truth. And why do they even have a communications director who invites feedback and then hides from people, including members of the media. You are a coward, Sybil Taylor. L.V. Franco writes, Wow, just plain old wow. These people at Steam Whistle are drinking way too much soy milk. Hey, L.V., I think you might be on to something, namely a rebranding of Steam Whistle. How does Soy Whistle sound? At least we'd have some truth in advertising. And folks, not everyone was enamored with the report. For example, Low Side writes, This is so immature. There's only a story if they haven't sent these letters to other political parties. Mr. Menzies didn't even give them a business day to reply and calls them hypocrites without evidence. Come on, Rebel News. You can do better than this. Well, Low Side, to date... We have found zero evidence that Steam Whistle has ever distanced itself from a liberal or NDP uh, party member renting their facility. So, yes, the Steam Whistle folk are indeed hypocrites, and that's what makes this a story worth covering. Also, as of today, it is now day 10 without a response from Sybil to my queries. 
Even if communications director Sybil Taylor was sending the company's response via Pony Express, methinks that horse would have arrived by now given that Rebel News headquarters is less than 15 kilometers away from this brewery. I mean, give me a break already. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.